Good morning and welcome to this Sunday morning broadcast of Marbury Methodist Church in downtown Tyler, Texas. My name is Doug Baker and I'm the lead pastor. Today we celebrate the new year with the church's participation in John Wesley's historic covenant renewal service. May this new year provide for you a renewed commitment to follow Christ with increased attentiveness and resilience of a non-anxious life. Let's listen in as the message is underway. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. And you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Karen. Jonathan, what a blessing to be in worship with you today as we begin this uh, new year tomorrow. And so excited to finish the year as we started it with this covenant renewal service. Let us pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much for the music that has stirred our hearts today and the message of that music. And we give thanks for your word as it prepares our hearts to now celebrate the covenant renewal service that is planned. Lord, bless us. Speak through this message. May your Holy Spirit guide and bless the words that are spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. So in a moment, we'll be uh, joining in together in this Wesley Covenant service written by John Wesley in 1775 and has renewed Methodists through the years to their faith and their love for Jesus Christ. And you may have noticed, or you will notice maybe as we look at the covenant renewal service in a few moments, that John Wesley suggests four passages that can be read or studied to prepare to frame out this renewal service. And I've chosen the John 15 passage. And uh, Enquinette did a great job speaking. I think Jesus has said that as he left the upper room, walked through, through the Kidron Valley, through probably a vineyard, and how he had just spoken about this passage about remaining in me. And I wonder if Jesus would walk today, would he? not be talking about iPads and power cords. Very apropos for us. John 15, 4, though, says, remain in me as I also remain in you. Listen to those words. Remain in me as I remain in you. We're going to be talking today about the fact that Jesus Christ's residence is in your heart. That is his home. And if we are going to go deep this year in our spirituality, we must look inward. We must go deep within and forget about the distractions that are so easily capturing our minds and and distracting us away from good, intimate time with God. So that's where we're heading in our message today. This word, though, I want to study with you uh, comes uh, from the Greek uh, word meno, meno, which means to connect or to be alive with or to remain in. 
But meno is an important word to Jesus. It's an important word to this text. And certainly it's important for those who are wanting to make covenant renewal today. We are to remain in Christ. Meno. No, don't get me wrong because I have a church member come out afterwards and says, my goal next year is to be a meno Christian. Well, you can be a Mino Christian as long as you explain to people that you are the Mino, M-E-N-O, Greek meaning to remain in. I'm going to remain in Christ. Christ will be my power as I am a Mino Christian, right? That's what we're talking about today. Now, this word, I bring it up today because it's very important. First of all, because it is an imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not a grand idea that Jesus floats out there before his disciples, right before his crucifixion. It is something he's been talking about. He's been talking about following him, and now he's going to say, I need you to remain in me because I'm going to be remaining in you. An imperative. It's a command. So make sure we hear that this morning. This is a command of Jesus. Just as he said, go and make disciples. He's saying, you must remain in me as I remain in you. This is not an idea, a suggestion. This is a command for all Christians. Mino is also found 10 times in six verses. Do you get the idea that Jesus really wants them to hear this word? He really wants them to understand this is what really matters. And then also, he gives these instructions just before he will be arrested and he will be crucified. Within 12 hours, he's hanging on a cross. I think liken that to kind of a coach. Just think about the national championship games that are coming up for us. You know, we've got two, four, two games tomorrow, and then we're going to have the national championship game. You know what's going to be said in those locker rooms by those coaches, right? They're going to be saying, look, guys, we've been through this, this season together. We've gone through ups and downs. We've, we've come to this moment. I want you to leave what? Everything out there on the field. I want you to give everything you've got because this is what it really means to follow me and to, uh, for Jesus to say this, this instruction here at this point. Let's go all in for 2024 as we renew our covenant and remain in Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, Jesus says, you must remember to remain in me. So the Greek lexicon is a great tool. So this is not scary. You don't have to have a big book with a bunch of words in it. All you have to do is go like type into your Google search or whatever search engine you use, John four, and then write Greek lexicon, and it'll bring up a website, and you will have the link there, and you can look at all kinds of words, uh, and you'll see the Greek word there, and you can look at it. And the reason I talk about this is because I enjoy word studies. Maybe you don't, but you benefit from some of these. But as you look at some of the translations that you might read, they're different because there are different certain understandings or nuances to this word. You might find remain in me. You might find abide in me. Make your home in me, which I love that one. Dwell in me. Continue in me. Live in me. Walk with me. And then if you go down even further into the lexicon, you'll see that it is connected to uh, the other words that are, are action words as well, with God as, as kind of the object of our action. And those words are seek for and long for and thirst for and wait for and know and love and respond to and stay connected with. So we could say if we plug in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, remain in God, abide in Christ, continue in the Holy Spirit, seek God with all your heart, long for the Holy Spirit, stay in step with the Holy Spirit, thirst for Christ, wait on God, love Jesus, listen for the Holy Spirit, whatever you do. 
stay connected to God through the spiritual disciplines. Equinets talked about them, whether it's holy conversing with others, whether it's a daily reading plan of the Bible, reading your scriptures, it's a daily time of prayer, whether it is serving others. There are lots of ways that we are called to connect with God. John Wesley referred to this as the means of grace. When we practice these disciplines, God does a work in us. So as you practice them, you're not practicing just to practice them. You're practicing so that the grace of God may be begin moving in your life so that you might be transformed to be more like Christ because, friends, you need to be in the image of Christ. Christ is transforming you to be more like Him. You are not to be more like the world. And don't get me wrong, but the world has got an agenda as well, and it is seeking to mold and shape you and your desires and your pleasures and your interests with artificial intelligence all at work, trying to make you into something they want you to be, and that's probably a consumer of whatever they're selling. But Jesus Christ wants to make you into his own image. He wants to make you to be more like himself, more loving like Christ. He wants you to be more filled with joy. He wants you to be filled with his peace. And it is through the means of grace that God does this good work in us. And you have your own personality. And I just want to draw your attention to, if you're taking some notes today, write down the words, Sacred Pathways, Gary Thomas. You can do an assessment online, and it will tell you whether you are a contemplative, an intellectual, a naturalist, a caregiver, an enthusiast, a traditionalist. There are all kinds of different personality types. Basically, I call this a love language for God. Some people like to be a contemplative, like myself. I like to go into my office at home and shut the door and set the cell phone aside, and I like to spend intimate time with God, reading and praying and listening. That's how I feel close to God, is being with God into that setting. But some people are different. They like to read, and as they read the ideas or devotions, and they read the theological treatises of others, they get ideas and things that make sense to them, and they're revealed to them. Maybe the Holy Spirit shows them something, and they get energized. They feel close to God as they read, and others, it's for caregiving. Maybe they care for somebody. When they go and they care for someone in Jesus' name, they become the hands and feet of Christ. They become the uniform that God wears as they tend to administer to a person. And when they're doing that, they feel close to God. They feel like they're loving God with who they are. And then there's enthusiasts and traditionalists. You get it. You come to a room like this and you just sit in this beautiful setting and you feel close to God. Enthusiasts feel close to God. They're the ones, have you seen them? They're singing out loud in their car and waving their hands to, to the radio station, praising God. They're an enthusiast, whether in their car or whether they're in a worship space. We all have a different personality. But friends, what we need to acknowledge, what we will acknowledge in just a moment here as we go through the covenant renewal services, there is a time of confession and pardon that Jacob will lead us through because what? We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all missed the mark when it comes to following Christ. We have let other interests, other passions, other idols get more important than God in our lives. And this is a day when you can get right with God. This is a day when you can confess your sin to God. This is a day when you can hear assurance and pardon spoken over you within community, and you can be forgiven of your sins. I love Nicholas Carr's book, The Shallows. And Carr describes the challenges of living in this world. He says, the madness of this world around us, which is an incessant carnival of distraction and demand, 
is designed to keep you in the shallow waters. Let's just think about a pool. There's a shallow end, there's kind of a mid-range, and then there's the deep end. God wants to go deep with you in 2024. God wants to show you things in 2024. He wants to show you his heart. He wants to show you the passions that he has placed inside of you. But our problem is we stay in the shallow end of faith. And we're kept in the shallow end by the distractions, the carnival of distractions that is always calling for our attention. It can be as simple as a to-do list that's calling you on to the next task. Or in today's world, it could be, well, let me give you an example. I like to go to Mardell's to get Christmas cards and birthday cards for Gina because I love the words in a Christian Christmas or greeting card. Do you guys like that as well? I mean, sometimes, let's just be honest, I stand in a store and I'm disappointed by a Christmas card that has nothing about the Savior or a birthday card that just seems inappropriate to give to your spouse. And so you find one that has a Christian meaning. It says some scripture. It speaks my heart. It reflects me. But as I go to Mardell's, I love books. So here I am in the book, here I am looking at greeting cards, and then I just have to go look at books while I'm there. So I get distracted. So I, I go find some books, and while I'm there at Mardell's, I think also, man, I'm by Jersey Mike's, and it's almost lunchtime. And so next thing I know, I'm kind of getting ready to go get some lunch. I can, my mouth is salivating over this, this uh, Jersey Mike sandwich that I'm going to have at Mike's Way, right? And then, uh, then all of a sudden, uh, my phone goes off, and I'm getting a, a text message from somebody who wants to set up an appointment with me. Next thing I know, I'm looking at my calendar. Friends, if we're not careful, that is how life can be. You are just simply bouncing around from demand to demand to demand to demand, and you will not find time with God, and your heart will not find peace because you are in the shallows of life. Now, John Eldridge, in his book Resilient, talks about the shallows, and then he talks about the midlands, the midlands being the cares of life. Those are the deeper worries, the troubled relationships, the finances, the concern that, oh my gosh, I think I've overspent for Christmas. I don't know what I'm going to say when my spouse opens the visa bill when it comes right? And so you're anticipating that conversation. You're, you're working up your defenses, right? You stay distracted in the Midlands, or maybe it's something else. You've got a spot on your back, and you've got an appointment to see the dermatologist. You just got a report from the doctor on my chart that says you need to come in for another visit because there's something that they've seen from radiology report that's not good. And all of a sudden, you've got concerns, but Jesus says in his word in Luke 21, 34, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighted down by the cares of life. There will always, hear me now, there will always be something that you can worry about. There will always be the next thing that you can be anxious about. And that's why in our sermon series in January, we're taking anxiety on head on. I'm going to talk about seeking God and building a non-anxious life that's coming starting next week. But there are the midlands, and then there are the deeper places that we can go, the dwelling place of God, the depth of your soul, where Christ is taking up residence, according to John 14, 23. We will come to them, we will come into your heart, and we will make our home with you. Those those are Jesus' words. And he's not just talking about moving in himself. He says, I'm bringing the Spirit with me. And we're going to come and we're going to live in your heart. The writer of Ephesians picks up this theme in Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ will dwell in your hearts through your faith. But in verse 16, that God might strengthen you with power through his Spirit. Where? In your inmost being. God is not far away, friends. 
God is not distant. God is with us, Emmanuel. He can't get any closer than right here. This is where God dwells. And as Jean Guyon in her book, The Union with God, states, God must be sought within. He must be enjoyed there. Your Lord is within you, and you can find him and enjoy him in your inmost being if you will take the time and look for him. And friends, it takes focused attention to do this. And friends, I just want to let you know that only you, only you can be responsible for your spiritual life. It's not your spouse's job. It's not your grandparents' job. It's not your parents' job. It is your job to be attentive to the work of Christ in you and your spiritual life. Only you can grow your faith in Christ with the help of the church, but you must bring yourself to church. You must put yourself in relationships with others. You must put yourself before the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to to reveal to you the, the truths of Scripture. You must stop and take time to pray. You must get out and serve in Jesus' name. Only you can be responsible for the spiritual life that God wants to grow in you in 2024. That's the message we need to hear as we bring this covenant renewal service into action for us today. Now, pastor and theologian and author A.W. Tozer, incredible man, incredible writer, did some great work on worship. He said this, modern civilization is so complex as to make a devotional life all but impossible. It wears us out by multiplying distractions and beats us down by destroying our solitude where otherwise we might drink in and renew our strength before going out to face the world again. I love that quote from Tozer. What bothers me is that, do you know when, jo- you know when Tozer died? A.W. Tozer died in 1963. Wow. I mean, that's like 60 years ago, friends. That's before the internet. That's before cell phones. That's before uh, streaming television on your phones. That's before all the distractions that we now have that keep us away from God. Only you can do the work. And we have a course here called Healthy, uh, Healthy, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, where you can also not only deal with the distractions, but some of us have a wall a wall that has blocked our growth in Christ. It has kept us, kept us growing in Christ. We need to break through some emotional hurt, a loss, a grief, something that has wounded us, something that needs healing in us. Those walls must be dealt with, and this church will help with that. And let me tell you, um, the world will throw all kinds of options out at you. Again, from John Eldridge, a great author, Get Your Life Back, I think is how, where this quote is from. He talked about a day he felt like his soul was fried, and it was beyond relief. And the world offered him this, sugary snacks, caffeinated drinks, a television to veg out in front of, an endless feed of social media and news feeds on the cell phone. What he needed, though, was not distraction, What Eldridge was crying out for was restoration. And friends, it is only God and the Holy Spirit who can restore the heart that is beat up by the world and all of its demands. Today, we're given an opportunity. Today, we're given an opportunity just as a married couple and maybe been married 25 years or 50 years or 60 years or, or maybe 10 years are standing together. Just imagine standing there and renewing your vows. 
because you want to remember that the covenant holds you, even though the feelings may flounder a little, even though you have warm times of marriage and even though you have very distant times of marriage, whatever the season might be. Maybe you're raising children right now. Maybe you're, you're, you're estranged from your children right now. Maybe there's a professional demand or a, a demand of aging parents that's keeping your marriage from the warmth it should have. But that doesn't matter. The feelings don't matter as much as the fact is the covenant holds you, right? The covenant holds you. I am married because I am in a covenant relationship with Gina. And that holds that marriage in place, even though days I'm more in love with her than other days, maybe not so much, because it's just the, how the heart is, and I'm exhausted, and I'm tired. So friends, let me tell you, C.S. Lewis was quoted as one time, someone observed him, he's the most converted person that they ever knew. Will that be the story for you, that you're the most converted person you've ever, that someone has ever seen before? He has a great story, don't have time to go into his story. He grew up in the church, but other than that, just to say that he engaged in some very serious thinking dialogue with some incredible men like J.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson, and he kind of came to the faith as he was kind of exploring leaving the faith. And the funny thing, if you read about his story, I think he was going on a trip with his brother to the zoo, and it all kind of clicked in place, and he rededicated his life to Christ. Well, I don't know what your story is, but maybe just today at Marvin Church, as we renew our covenant together, maybe some of these words from old that we will say together will click in place for you and will bring to your heart a warmth to know that, yes, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior in whom I put my trust. That's what I'm hoping for today as we celebrate in the covenant renewal service. Jacob, will you lead us through? Would you please turn to 738 in your hymnal as we renew our covenant with God together? Your portion will be in bold. <clears throat> Dearly loved brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a life found in Christ, redeemed from sin and consecrated to God. We are those who have entered into this life and have been admitted into the new covenant of Jesus Christ. He is the mediator of this covenant. He sealed it with his own blood so it would last forever. On one side of this covenant stands God, who promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Every day God proves his goodness and grace to us, showing us that his promise still stands firm. On the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live life for ourselves, but instead to only live for Jesus Christ because he has loved us and given his life for us. There are times in our lives when it is important for us to remember and reaffirm our promises and vows. In this same way, we come today to renew our covenant with God. Many generations have done this before us. Today, we make the covenant our own renewing with both joy and sincerity the covenant that binds us all to God. We are those who seek to live as true disciples of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we fall short. Let us now examine ourselves before God, 
humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts so that we do not deceive ourselves and cut ourselves away from God. Let us pray. Father God, you have set forth the way of life through your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you love dearly. We shamefully confess that we have been slow to learn of him and have been reluctant to follow him. You have spoken and called to us, but we have not listened. You have revealed your beauty to us, but we have been blind. You have stretched out your hands to us through our friends, but we have passed them by. We have accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. We are unworthy of your unchanging love. We now confess to you our sins. Please forgive us for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, for our inconsistency and unbelief, for the ways we neglect fellowship and your grace, for our hesitation to tell others about Christ, for the ways we deceive others. Forgive us for wasting time and misusing the gifts you have given us. Forgive us for making excuses for the wrong things we have done and for purposefully avoiding responsibility. Forgive us for being unwilling to overcome evil with good and for not being ready to carry our cross. Forgive us for we have not allowed your love to work through us to help others and we have not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for those times when, instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness, inconsiderate judgment, and quick criticism. Forgive us for times when we have not tried to reconcile with others, and when we have been slow to seek redemption. Forgive us also for these sins that we silently confess to you now.
Thank you for watching our broadcast this morning. I want to personally invite you to join us for Sunday morning services here on our campus at 300 West Irwin Street in downtown Tyler. Please visit our website to learn more about our church or text NEW to 90382 to receive a personal response from our church. We love to have the opportunity to help you grow in your faith. If you'd like to make a financial contribution to the church, please use the QR code on the screen for online giving or send a gift to the church at 300 West Irwin Street, Tyler, Texas. 